Hello. As I'm sure you can tell, this isn't Declan. This is the voice of Patrick, one of the show's producers and the guy who emails scripts. Before we get to this week's episode of Oh Wayward Nights, we have a short message from Platform. We are looking to continue projects like this show in the future. So if you have a story to tell, and this format is interesting to you, please shoot us an email at opendoor at platformprodco.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Oh Wayward Nights, the show where none of the actors have read the script. As always, I am your host, Stefan Grogan, and with me are the lovely ensemble of five we have here, Casey Reha playing Alan. Hello again, everyone. Nicole Tuttle playing the role of Hannah. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Liam Mann playing Chris. Howdy. Basie Matier playing Chloe. Hey, y'all. What are you still doing here? <laughs> <laughs> We, that's our obligatory joke, and George Copeland playing Zach. How's it going? I always think, at this point, I, I, I've, I've come fully around that people have to listen to it. I've jumped on the absolute opposite side of the bandwagon. Right, but they have to get this far already. Yeah, they have to be on at this part. Yeah, they, there's no jumping off at episode five, though. Once you are here, you have to finish it to the very end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've just gone all the way 180. Uh, today's episode is Zach's episode. It's called Zach, which uh, leaves only one character to be our finale. But we would like to dial in on George Copeland today and see a little bit more about him. So I'm going to hand it off to George here to give us a quick rundown on his whole deal. And then uh, we'll be able to get back into group talk here. For sure. Um, so my name is George, as uh, we've already established. Uh, I am currently at Columbia University for acting uh, in the master's program. Um, Very weird little side tangent. Um, Notre Dame connection. Uh, One of our incoming first years, I think, is the leprechaun, like is the mascot. Yes, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson is a mutual on Instagram, so that's how I know that. Absolute king. uh, I was wondering why you guys follow each other. Columbia connection. Yeah, because okay, he's, he's really cool. He's uh he uh he put out the infamous uh video of him dressed as like Kamala and Joe and like Dr. Jill Biden with like different wigs on, like twerking. Yes. And he like made the front page of the Shade Room, which is crazy because it has like you know tens of millions of followers. So uh, <laughs> so he's internet famous. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get Sam Jackson to play the role of Declan Grogan for this whole project. Anyways, he. <laughs> God, what a what a show that would have been. <laughs> that guy is just a a powerhouse of talent. Um, but yeah, so I uh I'm in school for that. Before before that, I uh growing up I wanted to write. Um I was part of like the Harry Potter generation that got really hyped up about boarding school as opposed to thinking it was prison. So uh so I ended up going to uh to boarding school voluntarily, uh, and ended up finding out that it is more like prison than like Hogwarts. So, uh, <laughs> good for me. Uh, and then I, uh, I took a year off between high school and college, um, and traveled a little bit. I ended up, uh, training to become a safari guide. I was, uh, I was a licensed safari guide in South Africa, um, which I then quit because I realized that no one wants to hear a, a boorish American accent when you're behind the wheel of a, <laughs> of a land cruiser. They want some, like, you know, lilty South African accent. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was, I figured I wouldn't be popular with the tourists. So I went back and, and decided to, uh, to go to school. So I went to undergrad out in LA at Occidental College and was going for a, uh, an undergrad in biology, which I got. Um, 
but three and a half years in, I had an existential crisis and decided I wanted to act. Um, made a bunch of bohemian friends out west, so uh, you know, I was convinced rather, rather easily that you know, oh, you got a great voice, so I totally cast you in this, and it's like, all right, well, cool, like. <laughs> I'm in the sciences and uh and that was the excuse until it wasn't and um yeah and then my dad got diagnosed with cancer and so I was in LA at the time he lived on the on the east coast he was getting treated at Sloan here in Manhattan and so I moved out um primarily just to be closer to the family during that time and in the meantime I started training um I wanted to get better so I kept seeking teacher after teacher and I eventually got to the point that I realized grad school was for me um Columbia was my second year uh auditioning and uh you know I, I got in and I really I fell in love with the program and uh at the same time you know I was able to be here for my dad and he ended up passing this year um and uh yeah that was or last year so that was May and um but he he got to see me get married he saw my first show here in the city uh which was on a really big stage. It was really cool. I was, uh, I lucked into uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of Lear, and I was in in the ensemble cast, and uh, yeah, so I got to be on like a nine hundred uh, seat theater, like just you know barely on stage for a little bit. But it was uh, actually that's a lie. I'm on for the whole first act. I was carrying like a <laughs> standard. Hell yeah, you own that. <laughs> it was really cool, and uh, so yeah, so it was. Um, it it ended up working out great and uh you know it hasn't been the easiest year but um but you know it's uh things are things are getting better and um you know i have a great family i have a very supportive family i have a you know um a lovely partner who has been very supportive the whole time and uh you know i can't speak highly enough either of the faculty and students at columbia who've also been super supportive so Wow, that is incredible. That it's like I, 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 that is way more fascinating than anything I could ever write. Yeah, Declan, scrap everything and write a brand new audio drama about George. See, now I know why George gets the last name. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I understand the last name. Don't steal my idea, but I really want to write a pilot for a sitcom based on Safari Guides because honestly, it's soup like they're super funny on their own. And like they would just, they were just like constantly. The the banter was like that. It, like you couldn't write it. It was just, and they all had like lovely accents. You've got half of them that are from various like, you know, African backgrounds. So they're like, you know, from different tribes. They have different accents. They but they have this sort of common, shared experience. And then you have like all these white South Africans who have you know that very like proper, stiff upper lip accent. But all of them are like trying to you know, hit on single women and, like, you know, like, sabotage each other's cars. And, like, you know, there was this one dude who got stuck. And as part of, like, the tradition on the on the reserve, when you got stuck and you couldn't get out by yourself, someone had to tow you out, you had to wear one of those old, like, pith helmets for, like, three days. So, and, like, you had to obviously explain that to your guests. So you were just, you know, you look like an idiot driving around the savannah with, like, one of those, like, 18th century explorer helmets on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you ever get stuck, George? I never, no, I didn't get stuck. But I also was like, I was very cautious because I was driving left hand and I had to learn stick. And oh, those cars are older than me. So <laughs> so I was like not one for, you know, just like wildly off-roading after, you know, <laughs> lions and stuff. That was, I left that to people who were 
<laughs> we're we're better at at operating those things, but a lot of fun. I'd watch that. I'd absolutely watch that. That sounds like it'd be like a, I could clearly see that just like blowing up. It feels like a like a very stylized piece. Like you could go like how and you know so much about it that like you just be able to capture that world so well. Either stylized or just like very in the vein of like Superstore, where it's just yeah. like a, a snapshot of their lives. <laughs> Honestly, like if you if you want a great example, on um, there's an episode of The Idiot Abroad where he Carl Pilkington came to my reserve and the guy who trained me drives him around and like tastes wildebeest dung and carl's like do you, do you do that regularly like is that something you do and and he was like if i if i li- if i blindfolded you and like lined up a bunch of different shit <laughs> and you tried them do you think you could tell the difference and he was like well I'll give it a go like completely like deadpan serious like is and this dude was a wizard like he would he could literally try shit and tell you how old it was <laughs> like how old what sex what species like every, like crazy he was the so, poop wizard actually like wow yeah i'm just thinking about how much you would have to consume in order to like <laughs> come get like to build that archive of information <laughs> what level how much shit do i have to eat to become a master <laughs> that's just what i how want do to i know. level up how do i <laughs> always ten thousand hours <laughs> yeah yeah ten thousand hours mm-hmm. of continual shit eating and malcolm Jesus. gladwell <laughs> oh my gosh well that's a perfect segue yeah <laughs> And on that note. And on that shit-eating segue, we can go right into episode five. The shit-eating episode. The shit-eating episode. Zach has a grin on his face. Not just any grin. A shit-eating grin. grin. Yes, thank you. There we go. I had to, we had to finish it off because, you know, some people just wouldn't see feel to finish off that joke in their own end. Right. Uh, we, we, we belittle our audience here at uh, Oh Wayward Nights. We talk down to our audience is the important part. <laughs> All you little baby brains, you can't understand the jokes that were. This is high-level humor. <laughs> Why are you still listening? Uh, this is, of course, Zach's episode. You guys have made enough predictions that were uh, scarily accurate about uh, video game <laughs> genres. So I so I think you guys are... I, I don't know if I should ask you, like, what are you expecting of this episode or not, just because you guys seem to have it on the head. Uh, you probably don't know what the ending is going to be, where it's going to go, but you at least know the theme. Yeah, I mean, like, we haven't really learned too much about Zach's history and past, so I'm really excited to see, like, what comes up, like, what sort of feeling and emotion that we get to see from Zach today, because we don't really see that much very often. He's very, uh, you know, he's the straight man of the group almost, like, level-headed. So I'm I'm excited to see maybe that level-headedness falter, I hope. Yeah, I'm also curious to see how, like, because every, I think another interesting aspect of everyone's episode isn't just, like, how they act, but, like, how they perceive everyone else in the group. So I'm really excited, because I think Zach seems like a very perceptive member of the group. He seems like oh, he, yeah. he hangs on the sidelines, but he sees everything. So I'm very curious to see, like, what what Zach thinks of all of us. Like, what does Zach, what, what does he see that we kind of don't? All-knowing, yeah. I think also, um, I think we can all agree, without labeling further, that Zach is an introvert. Um, and being an extroverted introvert myself, I love watching performers and people and seeing where, as introverts, they get to bloom and, like, get to share these sides of themselves that they wouldn't share otherwise on a general census. That's really cool to watch. I'm actually, you know, I, I think that, one of the other common factors has been sort of the family reveals. Like everyone sort of has some sort of familial relationship that defines them. And it's already been alluded to. I mean, both between the ensemble casting and then there was a mention of, of Zach's father. And so, so I'm interested to see sort of how that dynamic plays out and what we, what we learn about 
why I am, how I or who I am. Absolutely. Uh, that Those are all really great predictions. And being able to sit here looking at the cards, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see how this reading goes now. So I think we can uh, send up the scripts now, Patrick, uh, and get them sent to everyone's inbox. And we can uh, dive into this very, this very special episode. And also uh, figure out why Zach's past and uh, Safari tours. Uh, it's a classic little bit we're going to figure out and everything else. <laughs> all right, let me know when you guys all get it. We can jump right in. Good to go. I'm set to jet. Also, same. All right, perfect. Set to jet. I like that. Set to jet. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Good to go. Set to jet. Me too. <laughs> I as well. All right. Well, we'll see you on the other side. Let's begin. To say it was getting late would be an understatement. The town of Silver River sleeps beneath a dirty gray overcast so heavy you would think you'd never see the stars again. In a dwindling town of less than a hundred, no one has reason to be awake at 3 a.m. And yet five restless souls find themselves at the King's Palace, a one-room arcade that closed its doors to the law-abiding public the year prior. The interior is bland and dusty with only five arcade cabinets on the floor and four spiritless teens lazily searching the shadows for a boogeyman from their youth. He's not here. Of course he isn't. The fifth soul, however, has plugged the machine back into the wall and kicked it hard enough to bring its screen to life. It displays the classic video game, Pong. Can someone run by me again while we aren't kicking down my dad's door right now looking for answers? Direct your questions to Alan. Chloe has the first start date for school. She leaves in two weeks. I'd kill a man to make it one. (laughs) We have to find the bandit before she's gone. Zack stares blank face at the light display. His arm moves the virtual paddle up and down, but it seems his mind is far away. The ball bounces past his paddle, and the screen flashes the words, Game over. He gives the machine a light kick, and the screen changes to read, Continue? Followed by a yes and no button. Without thinking, he clicks yes, and the game restarts. You know, I thought you said we could use one of these Friday nights to break into Town Hall. We're running out of time. Let me just show you the pipe room. It'll take all five minutes. The bandit could be gone by then. Zack's arm moves with a mind of its own as the ball bounces past his defenses, giving him another game over. He gives the cabinet a light kick, and nothing happens. He kicks harder, and the screen flashes, continue. Zack quickly hits yes, and the game restarts. The bandit isn't real. We've been over this, Chris. Everyone else saw him. I know that. That doesn't mean he's real. Yes, it does. Zack doesn't even move the paddle. He just stares into the lights and watches the ball bounce past his side. Zack kicks the cabinet before it even says game over and it jumps right to continue. He slams yes and returns to watching the black and white display. No, it doesn't. I I mean, was the train real? The tree? The boat? The castle? He only shows up when we're in Wonderland. He has a point, Alan. What? Does it matter? The screen flashes game over. Zack kicks it, but nothing happens. Does it really matter if it's just a hallucination? Zack kicks harder. Nothing happens. We all felt it, right? That feeling was real. Zack is sweating. He shakes the machine. Nothing. It might as well be real. 
Zach kicks over and over. His eyes water up at the screen, stays on game over. So stop acting like it isn't. Damn it, Alan, just, just let him show us the pipes. Zack shakes as he breathes heavy, still facing away from the four sets of eyes now locked on his back. The room feels hotter as the four sets of eyes look to each other, hoping someone knows what to do. You okay, Zack? Why can't you just let him show us the frickin' pipes? I mean, it'll be like three seconds. Zack, we, we have to keep moving. The bandit- Alan. Alan looks to Hannah, who nods her head towards Zack as if to say, come on, man. All right, fine. Uh, if it will take three seconds, we can check out Town Hall. Nice. About time. Chris and Chloe leave the room without much thought, but as Alan is about to begrudgingly follow, Hannah elbows him and points to Zack. Uh, are you coming, Zack? Zack still shakes, facing the game over screen. I'm fine. Oh, come on, man. Y you just stuck your neck out to make me go to the- I've said I'm fine. Zack slams the cabinet with his fist, and the screen shifts to continue. Zack's shaking stops as he looks at it. Uh, suit yourself. Alan exits. We'll be at Town Hall if you change your mind, Zack. Zack silently stares at the continue screen. Hannah goes to leave but pauses at the door. You know you can always talk to us, right? I'm fine, Hannah. Okay. Hannah leaves and chases down the street after Alan. What the hell was that? What? We're going to see the pipes like he wanted. You could have been a bit nicer about it. Why? Oh, I don't know, Alan. Maybe because he's your friend? He screamed at me. It's Zack, Alan. He's not the best at expressing himself. The least we can do is give him a bit of encouragement. Oh, oh, is that what you're doing? I, I thought you were babying him. What? Yeah, yeah, all those Zack is killing it tonight comments are a bit more demeaning than I think you realize. They aren't demeaning, they're... I I'm trying to give him a boost of confidence. Would the married couple in the back please stop bickering? I honestly don't know how people can date each other. Right? It's disgusting. Well, as crazy as it sounds, some of us find joy in our relationships. Really? I can't imagine. Being broken up is the best thing since sliced bread. Agreed. When did you two get so cheery? Since a friend of ours let us go see the pipes. Let's go. Back in the arcade, Zack still stands in the dark, looking at the continue screen. His breathing is rhythmic as he eyes the yes button, but does not move. The darkened pixels surrounding the bright white text break the boundaries of the screen and seep into the room, eating away at all matter and leaving nothing but the black void behind. The room is consumed, and Zack floats in dark nothingness lit only by the blinding white text beckoning him to continue. He reaches out and puts his hand on yes. Welcome to Immortal Combat! Zack is dropped into a pixelated alleyway wearing ninja robes. Wait. What? Where am I? What happened to Pong? Zack the Buzz Killer versus Bounty Hunter Alan. Alan with spiked up purple hair materializes across the alleyway wearing a leather jacket. You think you can yell at me and get away with it? Alan? This this isn't this isn't right. Fight. What? I don't want to fight. Alan lunges at Zack and punches him right across the face. What the hell, Alan? Fight me, coward, or are you all bark and no bite? Alan swings around and kicks Zack in the chest. Zack is bleeding. 
Oh, dude, that hurts. Finish him. Guess you should have just kept your mouth shut like usual, huh? Alan takes a baseball bat from seemingly nowhere and swings at Zack's head. In classic 90s video game style, his head pops clean off, leaving pixelated blood spouting out from where it just was. Round two. The sprites reset, and Zack materializes back in the alley with Alan across from him. I died. I just died. Huh. Came back for more? Fight. Alan runs towards Zack, but Zack dodges out of the way. Look who finally grew a backbone. All right, Alan. You want some? Come get some. Alan rushes over and Zack winds up a punch, but right before he takes the swing, the scene freezes. A large pause menu materializes to their right. What the hell? Hannah materializes on the sidelines in a cheerleader costume. Yay, Zack! Remember, you can dodge by using the B button. What B button? The game unfreezes and in Zack's confusion, he forgets to follow through. Alan rams him at full force. Ow! Son of a... Zack gets up and tries to tackle Alan, but before making contact, the scene freezes and Hannah reappears. Remember to watch your health bar, Zack. If it reaches zero, you lose the match. Yeah, of course. I believe in you. The game unfreezes and all of Zack's momentum is lost. He falls from the air and Alan roundhouse kicks him into the wall. Ugh. Can't even stand up for yourself? I should choose better friends. Why would you say that? We both know it's the truth. Finish him. Alan takes out his bat and rushes Zack. He winds up the bat and Zack reaches out to block. The game freezes. Remember, if you defeat your opponent, you win. I know that. You've got this, Zack. The game unfreezes and the bat slams through Zack, cutting him in half. Round three. The scene restarts. No, I can't do this. Please, no. What's the matter, Zack? Don't you love video games? Not like this. I, I don't like this. You can do it, Zack. Shut up. Remember, dying is bad. Just shut up. You're making it worse. Finish him. Please. No, I'm, I'm begging you. Alan walks slowly to Zack with his bat. I believe in you. I really, really do. Alan stands before Zack, who is on his knees. But in case you forgot, that bat can kill you. Alan raises the bat above his head. You were right all along, Zack. I really do hate you. Alan swings down, and as soon as the bat makes contact, Zack has returned to the dark void. What? What? He floats in nothingness before being blinded by white light. The continue screen reappears. No. No, absolutely not. He swims towards the no button and reaches out. But just before he makes contact, he flashes back to a memory of the outside world. Are you coming, Zack? I'm fine. Oh, come on, man. You, you just stuck your neck out to make me go to the- I, I said I'm fine. You know you can always talk to us, right? He flashes back to the void. His hand is inches away from the no button. He pulls it back. No. Not yet. He swims up towards the yes button. Across Silver River, the rest of the gang has reached Town Hall. Chris pulls on the door. It's locked. Great. Let's go back to the lighthouse. I think I might know a way to get the bandit to... You think a locked door is going to stop the dream team? Chloe, give me a boost. With pleasure. Chloe clasps her hands together, allowing Chris to use them as a step stool to grab a secret key on top of the doorframe. <laughs> Bingo. Thank you very much. No problem. Man, we should have broken up ages ago. We work so well together. 
Especially because I'm totally over you. And I don't find this weird or uncomfortable at all. Super. Lead the way, Chris. Chris unlocks the door, and they enter. The building is empty. Man. And I thought this place was creepy during the day. Your five minutes is starting to turn into ten. Fine. Fine. It's this way. Chris leads them down the hall. Would it kill you to have a good time? Yes. You'll get to search for your precious bandit in a second. Just humor him. Here it is. It's a janitor's closet. This is a janitor's closet. Fantastic! Now let's go. Wait just a minute, my doubtful friend. Chris opens the door to reveal a long concrete hallway leading into darkness. What the hell? I told you something was up. Let's go. Chris runs down the hall. Still think this was a waste of time? Well, it certainly taking more than five minutes. Come on, Scrooge, let's go. They all descend the hall. Back in the dark void, Zack swims up and looks at the yes button. <sighs> okay. He reaches his hand out and hits it. Super Mario Brothers! Zack falls from his suspended state and lands face down on cold hard rock. What the hell are you doing on the ground, Boligi? Get up! What? What's going on? Zack lifts his head to see he's in a large castle full of dangerous obstacles, including lava, moving platforms, and strange monsters. Staying in front of him is Chris in red overalls. What? Did you fall asleep? Man, you're no help at all, Poligi. Chris? Chris, I'm your brother, Mario. Now are you gonna help me save the Princess Strawberry from Mauser or what? Mauser? Get up! Chris pulls Zack to his feet. Man, you're such a weirdo. You're lucky I hang out with you. What? I said you're lucky I'm your brother. Let's go. Chris takes off down the obstacle course. Zack falls behind. Hurry up. I'm going as fast as I can. We'll go faster. A large rose plant comes out of a yellow pipe and almost bites Zack. This place is pretty dangerous. Quit worrying. Man, you're cramping my style. Chris takes a misstep and slips. He almost falls into the lava but grabs onto a ledge just in time. Chris. Help! Help me, Beligi! I'm too young to die! I'm coming, just hold on. Zack leaps to the ledge and hoists Chris back to safety. Took you long enough. What? I almost died because you were taking your sweet time. No, no, I, I was just... Well, it doesn't matter. We made it. If it isn't my sweet princess strawberry... Oh, Barrio! You made it! Zack turns to see Chloe standing before them in elegant, flowing purple robes. She is absolutely radiant, and he is taken away by her sheer majesty. Wow. You're beautiful. Excuse me? Uh, oh, uh... Did you just say my girlfriend is beautiful? What, are you in love with her? No, no, that's not what I meant. You are in love with her! Look how red you are! No, I swear I'm not. Do you know how messed up it is to be in love with your friend's girlfriend? We're brothers, Luigi. I can't... I can't help it. Zack moves backwards. Chloe and Chris both walk towards him. You really think someone like me would go out with a loser like you? Look at yourself. You're a mess. You're a pervert. You're hideous. You've got nothing going for yourself. Zack is up against the ledge and steps back to find there's no footing. He loses his balance as he gazes down into the lava below. And worst of all... You're a terrible friend. Chris shoves him and Zack falls down into the bubbling lava below. He falls right through it and finds himself suspended back in the dark void. The white light blinds him once again with the continue screen. He looks at the no button. Come on. 
please. He flashes back to a memory from reality. Don't think I don't see you looking at her. Zack, I've done hundreds of stage kisses. It's not like it's real. He flashes back to the void. He sweats as he looks at the glowing no button. Not yet. He swims to the yes. Back inside Town Hall, the gang minus Zack has reached the strange room full of pipes and containers Chris saw his father in weeks ago. Here it is. I knew it was real. Whoa, this is totally a villain lair. You said your dad was in here? Yeah, he was trying to fix this valve. He said the whole town's plumbing and gas goes right through here. What's in all these containers? I don't know. Probably oxygen? You know, like the oxygen we found? Straight oxygen? Why would he run straight oxygen through our gas line? Wait, does it matter? It's oxygen. It's, it's not going to kill anyone. Time's up. Let's go. Really? After seeing all this, you're still not intrigued? Not really. Ellen, even you have to admit there's something weird is happening here. Or something sinister. Something weird is happening everywhere. We've got enough weird things to worry about without adding another one onto our plate. Now let's go. Chris? The group turns to see a sick soul up past the wishing hour. Mayor Reed. Chris, what are you doing here? It's 3 a.m. We could ask you the same question, old man. What? Sorry, I got carried away. We're sorry, Mayor Reed. Uh, we, we were just leaving. No, we weren't. What is all this? Why are you messing with the gas line? He's not messing with the gas line! This is nothing. Come on. No, she, she's right. What? I guess you could call it messing, but, but it's a little more planned than that. The mayor walks to the loose valve he was fixing weeks before. Maybe it is time I tell someone. Uh, listen, I, I'm not sure you kids would understand, but Silver River has been on a decline for a while now. When, when people leave, they don't tend to come back, and well, our town's population is the lowest it's ever been. What are you talking about, Dad? It's it's my job to keep keep Silver River running. We've tried all sorts of ways to get people to stay, but at the end of every, each summer, without fail, more and more leave us behind. Well, yeah, people go off to school. More than just that. Whole families pack up and move away, unwilling to face another winter. Nothing works, so I, I thought I'd try something a bit more... aggressive. Sinister. What? No, it's not sinister. I, I'm just... Pumping pure oxygen across town. Casinos do it all the time to keep people awake and happy. Yes! See? I told you guys! It gives people a bit of dopamine. It, it keeps people at the table. I took a gamble, hoping it would do the same here. That doesn't sound legal. It's just oxygen. I've been very safe about it. I, I just run it through the gas and water lines across town. We, we even tested it at other places. A few other towns that, that abandoned Air Force Base. There weren't any problems there. Then why is it causing hallucinations? What? The train? The boat? I was in some strange spy facility when I was right here. I, I must have been breathing it in. It's not real. It's gotta be the oxygen. See, that's the problem. We don't know why that's happening. You're causing this? Look, it, it works everywhere else. All the tests just gave people a bit of a boost. Almost nothing, but for some reason it causes mild hallucinations in Silver River. Mild hallucinations? I've died twice in these things. I almost broke my neck falling out of a tree. We're, we're fixing on it. We're plugging some leaks around town and- Shut it down. No, look, we can fix it. It just needs to be fine-tuned You can't be serious. People are staying. I, I don't know why this is happening, but people like it. They're sedated. 
They're happy. It, it wasn't what I was going for, but it certainly works. This is unbelievable. And sinister. It's not sinister. It's necessary to keep Silver River alive. You have to shut it down. Or else we're calling the police. <sighs> I was hoping you would understand. Mr. Reed furbishly twists the valve loose. The whole knob falls out of the pipe and gas starts pouring forth. He covers his mouth and runs back down the hall. Dad! Sinister! The valve! Get the valve! Alan, startled by the scene before him, shakes himself out of a daze and goes for the valve on the ground, only for someone to step in the way. The bandit. Before him, the red bandit stands, eyeing him down. In his own gas-fueled nightmare, Zack swims through darkness to the yes button. He lays his hand on it, but instead of being transported to a new video game, the white text changes to, Ready Player Two? Player Two? Mind if I join you? Zack looks behind himself to see the large glass window of the arcade cabinet. Zack is inside the Pong machine, and standing at the controls in a relatively massive form is the Red Bandit. You. I've waited a long time to have a one-on-one -on -one with you, Zack. There's a lot to unpack. Let me out of here. I don't want this. You don't? <laughs> you were given the opportunity to leave twice and you turned it down. I, I didn't... I didn't want to... You didn't want to get back to reality? No, not just yet. Just one more game. Well, let's see if we can find a compromise then. The bandit hits yes, and Zack is transported outside a virtual house. There's a blue diamond floating above his head. Welcome to Zim's! A virtual world better than your own. No. I don't want to play anymore. Zack turns to scream at the bandit, but the cabinet window is gone, replaced only with blue sky. A black car rolls up to the house, and a woman steps out with a young version of Zack. Mom. I don't want you to ever think it's your fault, Zack. Mommy and Daddy still love you, they just don't love each other. Young Zack is quiet. He doesn't look at his mom as they walk towards the house. I know your birthday isn't for a few more months, but I got you an early present. They open the door and enter. It's that Game Boy you wanted. She closes the door, and Zack runs after them. Wait. Wait! Zack throws open the door to find his mom waiting for him. Zack, where have you been? What? You said you'd be home right after school. It's a school night. I was with my friends. I got a call from your principal. She said she was very concerned with your grades. It's fine. It's not fine, Zack. What are you going to do if you don't get into college? I'll go work for Dad. Don't do this to me, Zack. I'm going to my room. You better not play video games. You have studying to do. Leave me alone. Zack runs into his room and slams the door. Back in the pipe room, Alan stands before the bandit. You're here. We finally found you. The bandit does not move. Tell me what you meant about us not leaving. The bandit doesn't respond. Well, come on, say something. Alan grabs the bandit's arm and tries pulling him towards himself. Instead, the bandit stays in place and Alan pulls a second bandit from his frozen position. The bandit has duplicated into two. What the hell? Hello, Alan. Not satisfied with our talk? What's happening? Does it matter? It's all real, right? Alan, step away from him. The frozen bandit duplicates again. A third bandit walks towards Hannah. What's the matter, Hannah? Afraid you'll lose him? Afraid you'll be alone? Get away from me! Chloe, 
I got Alan's bandit. Take out Hannah's. Roger. Two more bandits duplicate from the frozen one in the middle. They face Chloe and Chris, respectively. Look at you two working together. Like a perfect couple. Completely over each other. Not still worried you might fall back into bad habits, are we, Chloe? Bad habits? What is he talking about? Nothing. It doesn't matter. Oh, so you think I'm a bad habit, huh? I didn't say that he did. Well, you clearly thought it. It doesn't matter. We aren't together, Chris. Yeah, and I'm totally okay with that! Stop making it so weird! As Chris and Chloe argue, their bandits inch closer and closer. Hannah backs up as her bandit towers over her, and Alan remains transfixed on his own. Zack sits in his virtual room in his virtual house in a virtual world. The lights are off as he plays Pong on a pixelated TV screen. He stares blankly at the screen as his arm moves with a mind of its own. Someone knocks on the door. Zack? Dinner's ready. I'll take it in here. Please, Zack. Come eat at the table. I'm busy. The ball passes his paddle. He gets a game over and hits continue. The door knocks again. Zack, Alan's on the phone. He wants to know if you're on your way over. Tell him no. He really wants to see you. No, he doesn't. The ball passes his paddle. The screen lights up his dark room with a game over, and he hits continue. The door knocks again. Zack, I'm worried about you. Zack keeps playing. Please open the door. Zack keeps playing. I love you, Zack. I want to help you. Zack is crying. He keeps playing. I can't see you like this. Please, just just let me in. Damn it. Zack throws the controller to the ground, and he is transported back to the void. He sobs into his hands as he floats through the darkness, lit only by the large white text begging him to continue. There is no no button, only yes. <sighs> Damn it. Zack reaches out as a broken man and hits yes. Pong. Zack finds himself in a large black arena with two white walls, two white paddles, and a single white dot in the middle representing the ball. He sits atop one paddle while the bandit sits atop the other. This is the game you wanted, right? The ball moves. Zack mindlessly moves his paddle to hit it towards the bandit. A little escape. The bandit hits it back. The ball passes Zack's sides, a point for the bandit. You can't go back. Of course you can't. The ball lazily bounces around. I'm worthless. That's what you think. It's true. That's what you think. The ball bounces past Zack, point for the bandit. I drag them down. Sure you do. I don't deserve them. The ball bounces past Zack, point for the bandit. I can't do anything right. That's the truth, isn't it? The ball bounces back and forth. They hate you. Zack stops his paddle. The ball bounces past, point for the bandit. This is stupid. Zack hits the ball with his paddle. It bounces back to the bandit. Is it now? I'm just sitting here feeling sorry for myself. The ball bounces past Zack, point for the bandit. Well, you're worthless, right? Your friends hate you. I mean, come on, that's not fair. Zack hits the ball to the bandit. They hate you. They hate that you kill the mood. No, they don't. The bandit hits the ball back. They hate that they have to be friends with you. What are you talking about? They literally don't have to be friends with me. They could just walk away. Zack hits it back. They rally. Then why are they your friends? I don't know, but they are. I mean, Alan's literally dragged me from my house so that I don't miss a Friday night. It's to make fun of you. They don't make fun of me. Are you sure? 
Yeah. I mean, most nights I don't say a word, but they still keep inviting me. They like having me around. Point for Zack. The bandit watches as the ball bounces past his paddle. He smiles. After years of watching the cartoon, it dawns on Zack that he's never seen the bandit smile. I guess you're right. What are you? Take care, Zack. The bandit snaps, and Zack is returned to the void. Before him, the continue scream looms with its yes and no options. Zack floats in front of the button and looks at them both. Damn it. Here goes nothing. Zack hits no. Across Silver River, in the bowels of Town Hall, Alan, Hannah, Chloe, and Chris stand at different corners of the pipe room, each with their own bandit harassing them as a fifth bandit stands over the gas valve on the ground. Hannah Huseman will die all alone. You don't know what you're talking about. No one ever understands you. You'll never find meaning. Shut up! Might as well run back to Chris. Shut up! She never loved you. She made you look like a fool. I don't care. If she can't love you, then who will? No one! Are you happy? No one! Two weeks till your life is over. You'll never have this back. I know that! How do I fix it? You'll be all alone. I know! You said you could fix it! They cower as they are berated by what they know to be true. Every word pulled to light from deep within them. Absolutely true. In a chorus of horrible thoughts we dare not hear, the frozen bandit in the middle turns around to face the entrance where he sees Zack, fresh off a video game binge, down at the King's Palace. Zack looks at the chaotic scene and then at the bandit in front of them, who smiles and picks the valve off the ground. Long time no see. The bandit holds the valve out to Zack, who takes it. Zack calmly walks to the pipe spewing gas into the echo chamber filled with vile screams and verbal sewage and screws the valve back into place. The gas stops, and the bandits all vanish except for the one in the middle, still smiling at Zack. I guess you do care about them. And they care about me. All look to Zack in wonder. All except for Alan, who still only looks to the bandit. The bandit turns to Alan and lets the smile wash away from his face. He turns away and walks down the hall. Wait. Wait! Don't go! Alan runs after the bandit. Alan. Alan stops. He's not real, Alan. He's right there! No. He isn't. It's all in your head. So what? So what? Are you kidding me? You just saw what we all saw. We have to stop Mayor Reed's sinister acts. You're all leaving. Everyone, one of you, and I'm the only one trying to save us. Trying to save everything we've been through. All the memories. Do, do, you, do you just not care? He can't stop time, Alan. No one can. What What the hell do you know, Zack? I know we care about each other. What, uh, apparently, not enough to do anything about it. Alan runs after the bandit. Alan! Let him go. He'll be back. Damn. Since when did you get so confident? Since I played a video game. You always do that. You're not wrong. So... Now what? We wait for Alan. Are you kidding me? He just left us all behind. Let him talk to the bandit. Something tells me it'll straighten him out. Outside of Town Hall, Alan runs out the entrance and into the night air. The clouds have turned the sky into a dark pace, casting everything into shadow, save for a man in a red handkerchief walking towards the shore. 
This ends tonight. Alan takes off with every intention of making this late night go a little later. Fade out. Oh, God. Chris, your dad sucks. Yeah. I know. Yeah. What yeah. a politician. <laughs> Remember, the politicians are always the villains. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the adults. The adult politicians. The adults, exactly. Not the kid no. politicians. Mm-mm. No boss baby slander in this house. The kids always got to save it. You guys are kind of, see, that at the beginning, you guys had a lot of that stuff right, where you were like, uh, definitely Zach's dad's going to play a little bit into it. Uh, we're going to see him, uh, again, same thing. We'll see the characters all through his mm-hmm. eyes. I loved it. I was mm-hmm. like, here we go. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that got intense. Wow, mm-hmm. Zach. Um, George, great job. Yeah. Just yeah. like Absolutely. incredible. That was really, really interesting. Touching on what you just said there, Declan, um, the, the the characters through everyone's eyes. This is the first time we saw Hannah like in a cheery light, mm-hmm. but it was like a bad cheery light. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. and oh, so interesting. And I've I feel so bad. <laughs> it's interesting how like Declan, your choice to make the characters not just characters within the video game, but also like what they would be in like the mechanics of a video game. So like having Hannah be the directions is almost more fitting than having her be like an actual character. Which was so funny. Yeah, it's like the, she, she's been supporting, she supports Zach. Like I thought that at the very beginning, like I had a, when she's running around in the haunted house, like being like, come on, you could be a little scarier and all that sort of stuff. Like there seems to be something where she's trying to help him out, but still only sees him sort of as like a lesser which is sort of a problem. I was yeah, trying... that, uh, that's the thing. Oh, sorry. No, you go. Oh, I was going to say, I was trying so hard not to break during the Mario <laughs> section. Oh, because my God. I, <laughs> I, I, I was reading the lines. I was reading through the script. And at one point, Chris was supposed to say, hurry up. And I thought he was going to say, bury up. <laughs> he was going to keep replacing shit with bees. And I was laughing. So I was, I was so out of character at the moment. I was like, fuck, I am. <laughs> I'm losing it. This is also the joy of cold reads, is that I was like, cool, stereotypical Italian plumber that we will not mention for copyright reasons. And then Liam is just like, nah, screw you, I'm going Brooklyn. I was like, great. I didn't want to, like, go that far. I didn't want to, like, you know... <laughs> pull what do you mean that gets annoying after two lines? Yeah. Uh, too too <laughs> strong mm-hmm. of a choice. He went the Wario route rather than... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another, I remember, another like, copyright. I remember like looking lines down, and I s- just see just see like what I have to say. I'm like, oh god damn nope. it! Like, <laughs> nope. there's no way I would even say, oh, Bluigi. With this <laughs> <thing."> <laughs> it's just like the laziest cover up in the world. Like that's right. the only joke that it is. <laughs> Nintendo can't sue me now. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I think mm, go ahead. I was I was just gonna like shout out to like anyone who had to do like a rapid character change like right now my eyes are going to casey like there were moments where you just had to go boom 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 and like rapid fire between like two drastically different characters so, like mm-hmm. watching you guys do that like always amazes me yeah i did sort of put that on you i i knew that i was almost wanted like maybe someone else to do the announcers but i just wanted you to do three distinct announcers and I, i'm glad also on pong you did a very straight cut and i was like that's exactly what i wanted like at the very end like Pong doesn't have a quirky announcer at the end. <laughs> well, without taking up too much of this podcast with, like, talking about details here, I, I love thinking about storyline beats and what they mean. And so I'm like, for that, 
with how beautifully George played that moment, you either need to be like how deadbeat and how low the construction of Pong was for the time, and that's all you can get out, or I needed to go in the exact opposite direction. It's like, Pong! Um, <laughs> to further distinguish, like, don't you feel dead inside right now? I bet you do. Um, and the one thing to piggyback off of that is, I love how for each of the video game moments you had antagonists in play because I feel like we as human beings, especially in storytelling, we have to have an antagonist. We have to have an opposing force. And when you have four friends who, you know, deep down love you and care for you, you still need to find the antagonist, uh, the aspects of that. Within that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really interested by like this, like Alan's just obsession with the red bandit. Cause it's 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 turning. It's complete. Cause it's like the whole reason he's desperate to chase the red bandit is so that he can keep this group of friends together. But it's like in his cha- in his like fervent chase for the red bandit, he's just tearing the group apart. Oh, and yeah. he's wasting the time he has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it almost in order to like keep the group together, he's got to abandon it. He's like yeah. so it's like he's got to make the choice. Without any possible spoilers for the future of a script we haven't read, it's it's interesting that we have lots of storytelling talking about how we waste our time not being present and mindful and grateful for the present moment. So I like seeing that from Alan, who's 18 and thinks he knows shit about shit, but he doesn't know shit about shit. And I think we can all say that to a degree about our characters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I get ready for the next episode. You guys are, you guys are already there ready for it. Yeah. What was that, George? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say that, you know, we've had all the other characters sort of come to grips with what they're wrestling with. And it's just interesting that Alan's internal struggle seems to be tied to losing his friends specifically. Like, all of us had different, you know, every character had a different aspect towards the friends. But Alan, seemed, it seems directly tied to the friendships themselves, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, that revelation, um, Zach and Chloe, I mean, like, it was kind of there, but, like, we got, we got it. He said it. Mm-hmm, Couldn't mm-hmm. help it. He did say he he agreed he he finally you know faced his own the fact that he but like I also agreed that that was all what he the, the Chris Barrio right is mm-hmm. his perception of Chris <laughs> yeah. so like I think that if you were to fall in love with that guy, you're gonna beat yourself up over it like sure he can't say it but he yeah. does like that you're a pervert you're this whole thing like that sort of feels like Zach probably is super ashamed of that like if it's his friend like I think that that's a a rough thing to deal with yeah and the fact that like he doesn't even see himself as the main character in his own hallucination. That was a dead giveaway. Like you give, you make him the most overshadowed character in video game history, Luigi, and, <laughs> <laughs> whose whole brand and storyline and lore is based on like living in the shadow of this like much bigger figure. You know, this bigger Excuse hero. Excuse me, Macy. It's Bulligi. Oh, but Bulligi. Bulligi. Yes. <laughs> copyright. <laughs> we don't speak blasphemy on this podcast. Sorry, yeah. if you if you hear a bunch of people kicking down doors, it's Nintendo coming to assassinate me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and earlier yeah. when you said Wario, it's Buwario. It's bu- Buwario. Bu- right. And Bawaluigi. Bawaluigi, exactly. Bawaluigi. One, I think one moment of this episode that I was really intrigued by is Zack and the Red Bandits kind of moment. Because yes. it's almost like the Red Bandit is like... Because I think we kind of see is the right bandit as like, oh, we got to catch him. He's like, we got to stop. We got to do something. But it's like, he almost is like helping Zach come out of his little cage here. Because it's just like, you know, he's through. He's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're worthless. He's like kind of throwing it back at him. Be like, no, you're not. You know, and he's, he's playing this game with him. That was a really cool moment in the episode for me. Yeah, Zach's, Zach's the only one that can tame the red bandit. 
it's also like really interesting seeing like the reason for Zack's connection to video games in the first place and why this is where he escapes to. Yeah. Yeah. Both in this fantasy oxygen filled life and in real life. Yeah. Yeah, wait, should we should we unpack that plot line for a second? <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> But that also, also I found interesting, and I don't know if this is, uh, I think, but I think this this lines up with the chronology. But you know, we went from the Nintendo sixty four in the garage to the Game Boy, which I broke, to the Pong arcade. So I've been losing that that escape throughout the series, which I thought was interesting. I picked up on that when I was like, oh, I'm, you know, kicking it and barely keeping it alive. Like I'm desperate to maintain my connection to an alternate reality that I can escape to. I'm going to act like I planned all that out. Yeah. That sounds so great. And I'm like, yeah, Declan, you definitely did that for real. <laughs> that's just a happy coincidence. Wow, that's fantastic. Cut all that out. Take credit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what you just sort of shut up and let other people think that you're smart. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got gas. We got Alan's episode for the last uh, finale. And uh, hopefully... I think it'll be. I think it's gonna be really great. I I appreciate you guys doing this, and uh, yeah. the next episode is the finale. And if you've been listening to this, like you, you're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think that this is such a great uh, story, and I'm so happy that you guys have you guys have been carrying it out so well. It means the world to me, considering I wrote this way back in high school, and it's been a project I've wanted to make for ages now, and I'm finally bringing it to light. Is I don't know. It means a lot. So I want to say thank you guys for that. And right before we enter our final episode, uh, so. Yeah, our, our final one. You know, you might as well keep listening at this point. Yeah, yeah you might as well. I mean, you made it this if far. You if you want. <laughs> We've yeah. made it from you don't have to to you might as well. Yeah. If you don't yeah. have anything else going on. Yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, there is not going to be a season two. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Um, all right. So thank you guys once again for listening. And we will see you in the finale uh, either next week or in a few seconds. So take care. Good luck. I knew I liked Zack. Just a gut feeling from episode one. Glad it paid off. O Wayward Nights is produced by Platform LLC, a production company. To learn more about Platform, check out their website on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Platform is proud to have an open-door policy for any and all artists. If you're creative with an original idea for Platform-specific art looking to get produced, send an email to opendoor at platformproudco.com with a brief description of your project to schedule a meeting with the Platform team. George S. Copeland may have stolen our hearts in episode one, but he took the rest of us with him today on his performance of Zack. Follow him on Instagram at George S. Copeland. Casey Reha reprised his role of Alan. Find more of his work on caseyrehavo.com. Nicole Tuttle played Hannah, Liam Mann played Chris, and Macy Mateer played Chloe. Listen to Nicole's audio drama, The Lafrisian Chronicles, and find them on social media at Music with Macy, Eggy McLeggy, and Nicole Voice. If you can't figure out which plug goes to who, then you haven't been listening to the credits for the past few episodes. Declan did something this episode, and Seth Barnes wrote and produced today's soundtrack. Contact him at seth.dbarnes at gmail.com. Oh, Wayward Nights is written and created by Declan Grogan. Follow our show at My Town Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. As always, thank you to AudioMint for having us aboard. Please post about our show on Reddit. Please, oh, please. It would help us so much. Thank you, and good night.
You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.